0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: You were picked, you were perfected, and you were preserved, right? That's where you stand today. God looks at you, you are justified. He sees the righteousness of His Son on you and in you. You were sealed and secure no matter what your social status was, no matter what your economic status was, no matter what your health is, no matter what persecution you suffer. You are His right now, and nothing, 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 can separate you from the love of God. I can see
0: the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry
1: The anthem for all my life Every dragon will fall
0: The mountain Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's teaching series from the Book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Book of Ephesians, Chapter 2. And now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: What do we all have in common? We've been delivered from a Christless, hopeless, godless past. We have a real family. You know, a lot of times at Thanksgiving, it's kind of stressful because some of us come from unbelieving families, and it's, it's difficult, and it's hard, and it's hard sometimes to relate to our own family, but we can relate to one another Because of our common salvation. You have that, but now. The Jews and the Gentiles in the Ephesian church were doubly unified, doubly blessed in Ephesus because they were reconciled to each other because they were reconciled to God. Somebody once described the Christian life as like a spoke on a bicycle tire. We're all spokes, and the closer we get to the sprocket, the closer we get to one another. And so they had been alienated, foreign to God, and foreign to each other, excluded and cut off, and now they were together. It, it, it's, it, it's something that boggles the mind when you think about it. Think of your past and give thanks that it's in the past. It's sort of like, imagine the thief on the cross. He's sitting there, he's lived this horrific life that got him crucified, And he recognizes the Messiah in the closing moments or maybe hours of his life. And he hears the words, today you will be with me in paradise. Because his sinful life was in the past. His sins were forgiven. You saw this come through in our scripture reading in Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. And once you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we once all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And so Paul says, remember, in verses 11 and 12, therefore remember that at the time You Gentiles in the flesh, call the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by flesh and not by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's in the past. If you've embraced Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is in the past. You are free from your past. If you're inclined at all to dwell in the past, and it's a very human trait, then don't forget to dwell on what you were saved from and that you are saved. Dwell on the right stuff, the right things. Give thanks regardless of your outer circumstances or conditions. It is a hard world. It is a fallen world. It is a broken world. It is a heartbreaking world. But be careful of saying, yes, but. Yeah, all that's true, but my life's really tough right now. It is. And that's part of the trials that God allows us to go through for our spiritual growth and His glory. But remember what you are saved from. Remember. And so, this Thanksgiving season, as one of those delivered people, do not hesitate to, to give thanks, to be grateful. I'm reminded what it says in Psalm uh, 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who forgave all your iniquity? Who heals your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's? We have reason to give thanks given our past. And so that was reason number one that we give thanks this Thanksgiving season, that we should live thankfully, think thankfully, act thankfully, speak thankfully. It's part of bearing witness to the world around us. Which brings us to reason number two for giving thanks. Your present because of our present, because of the present, give thanks. Because of your present salvation, we'll look at Ephesians 2:13 through 18. But now, don't miss that. those buts in Ephesians, but God, right? You were dead in your sins and trespasses, right? But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, are now no longer. You are no longer Christless, homeless, friendless, hopeless, godless, no in the present. You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances. There's no longer clean and unclean, there's just in Christ, right? So that he might create himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace it might reconcile us both, Jew and Gentile, to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off. That's to you all, all you Gentiles who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. What's going on here? Paul addresses Jew and Gentile Christians at Ephesus and reminds them of their present. Through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. But now, regardless of how and what you once were, far away from God, you've been brought near through the blood of Christ. It has erased all the distinctions that separated you, that alienated you from each other and him. He has erased distinctions between Jew and Gentile, abolishing the cause of separation, the ceremonial law, invalidating the sacrificial system, the way that he has reconciled us to Christ, to his Father, through his blood. There is no division. There is no hostility. We are one in Christ. But now, in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near By the blood of Christ through his once and for all sacrifice. For he himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinance. But now we have been brought near to God. And that in the Greek speaks to a timeless, completed, unexpiring action taken for us by him we have been brought near to god and in so doing he has brought us near to one another unified in christ by christ who has broken down all these distinctions and all these hostilities and so today there is no jew no gentile in terms of the people of god only christ followers he made us one having made the once and for all sacrifice no longer distinct circumcision versus uncircumcision outward distinctions don't mean anything and in truth even then they didn't mean much Romans uh, chapter 2 Paul talks about the fact that you know the Jews were under the law and breaking it the Gentiles were a law unto themselves and in verse 12 it says this all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law so circumcision and uncircumcision were of no advantage once both stood condemned apart from the grace of God. Paul puts it this way in Colossians 2121 to 22. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above all reproach. So we give thanks to where we stand, for where we stand in the present. You know, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, you were picked, right? You were preserved, excuse me, you were picked, you were perfected, and you were preserved, right? That's where you stand today. God looks at you, you are justified. He sees the righteousness of his son on you and in you. You were sealed and secure no matter what your social status was, no matter what your economic status was, no matter what your health is, no matter what persecution you suffer. You are his right now and nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Yes, the Christian life in this fallen world is difficult. It always has been and it always will be until Christ returns But we are not without Christ. We are not without hope. We are not without resources. We are not without God. He has not left us orphans. So be thankful. Speak thankfully. Live thankfully. Bear witness day in and day out for where you stand today in light of eternity and what you have been delivered from in light of your past. You know, no growing, spiritually maturing spiritually healthy Christian can say they are without family, friends, and resources because like Ephesus, we've got each other. We can come alongside one another. We'll be talking about that tonight in our final discussion of grief, ministering to those in time of loss. We are united by Christ. We have a common salvation, a common savior, a common Bible that shows us how to navigate the slings and arrows that this world throws at us how to make sense of our existence through the lens of Scripture. God has dealt with our past. He has redeemed us. He has redeemed us. There's a beautiful picture of this in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And I want to read that for you now. it, It shows us why we should live rejoicing, thankful lives here in this world while God has us here. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith... We have peace with God. We've got peace with God right here and right now through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we, invisible ink, now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we now rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces Character and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, hope does not disappoint because God's love has been shed abroad, poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has now been given to us. These are reasons to give thanks. We are not alienated from God, we are not alienated from each other. Jew and Gentile at Ephesus shared. Common, unifying salvation that was greater than their differences ethnic, religious, socioeconomic had once been. Can you imagine? When you read Philemon, here's a slave who's a brother of his owner. You go into the Ephesian church, you would have free slave, you would have Jew, Greek, you would have all kinds of people from all kinds of places united with a common savior. And so their lives were changed. And we know the trajectory of that church, it had a wonderful run. We're having, as a hillside church, a wonderful run. And so be thankful for where you stand in the present, right now, right where God has planted you. And remember, but now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For through him, we both have access In one spirit to the Father. You and me, we have reason to rejoice in the present, given the grace in which we now stand. So what do you do with that really? You you give thanks for your present eternal direction. You're on a trajectory that ends in heaven right here and right now. No one can take that away from you. Give thanks of what in light of what you were dead in your sins and trespasses, now alive in Christ. Give thanks that what you've received that you're receiving right now by the grace of God, better than you deserve. We always do. We always do. And give thanks for what you now have. Now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, black and white, Male and female, whatever it is, have access in one spirit to the Father. You now have access to the Father through the Son. Once alienated, you are members of the family of God. So give thanks for your present, regardless. A lot of times, you know, life is tough. You experience hardship and you want to ask why. And sometimes it's better to ask, what now, Lord? What now? What next? What, how then shall I live? Where, wh- what would you have me do? How can I bear witness? How can I encourage other people? How can I challenge other people by bearing witness with a testimony that glorifies God? Which brings us to the third reason for giving thanks. And that is our future. Your future. Give thanks for your future. Uh, we see that in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Paul sort of uh, Reviews a little bit, and then he comes to a larger point here. So then you are no longer aliens and strangers, past. But you are present fellow citizens with the saints, and you are members of the household of God, built in the past on the foundation of the pro- of apostles and prophets, Christ himself now being the cornerstone, the capstone almost, the, on whom the whole structure being joined together in process grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. It really speaks to a future, being joined together, growing into a holy temple. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Christ is at work in you to will and to work his good pleasure. You are a work in progress with a future and a hope. A final consummation, an eschatological realization of all that Christ is, all that Christ does, all that Christ has done, all that Christ will do. Regardless of our past because of Christ, we're not alienated from God, we're not homeless. We are members of the household of God, He is the cornerstone, the linchpin that ties it all together. And he is making us new. He is making us into something new. He is the foundation. He is the key to it all. He unites us all. We're no longer defined by what we were. We are really defined by who we are in Christ and what we are becoming. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's rendered differently in different translations. It has the same idea, but it says, uh, to quote the King James, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new. Christ is making all things new. He's making you new. He will consummate your salvation And it talked about that in Ephesians 1, you know, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth as a plan for the fullness of time, for the end of all things, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. One day, the ultimate realization of our salvation will be completely fulfilled. We will receive new bodies. We'll be free from the suffering and the sin and the sadness of this world at the Savior's feet. One people serving one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. The best is yet to be. And we can celebrate that. We can look forward to that. We can live in life with eternity stamped on our foreheads, looking forward, looking through and beyond our trials, our hardships, our heartbreaks, making sense of them through the lens of Scripture, knowing that right here and right now we belong to Jesus, And nothing can separate us from him. Nothing can rip us from his hand or his father's hand. And we can give thanks in the right here and the right now for what will be. Because God keeps his promises. Be thankful. How do you do that? Live with gratitude and expectancy. Knowing God keeps his promises. And the best is yet to be. Thank God that he's given you a future with a hope and a certainty described in this verse. Ask God, how can I serve you, Father, in light of what I am now and what I will become? How can I bear witness to you? Strive and think and speak to live a joyful Christian life, watching your words, watching your attitudes, watching your actions, watching your facial expressions, remembering who and what you represent. And if you're a non-Christian Be thankful that your life has not yet ended and that however difficult your life is now, you can put that in the past as you surrender your soul in the present to the Savior, to the one who can redeem your life, who can restore you to God. Lay aside your grievances as an act of worship and instead choose to be conformed To the image of Christ. Live in the present with an eye toward the future, forgetting the past, forgetting what lies behind. Press on to the upward call of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give thanks to you, our God and King, for such a wonderful, wonderful salvation. We have been delivered. From sin, death, and hell. We are living under your grace, and we will experience the joy of being united together with you in Christ in heaven. Father, as we think about Ephesians and these first three chapters that give us principles for thinking, living, and doing, help us, therefore, to be applying them as prescribed, as guided, as directed. In the last three chapters, Father, help us to bear witness to you, to take evangelism seriously, to take this life seriously, to pray, to minister, to labor, to love, to love you and our neighbor. Father, we give thanks to you, our God and King, that by grace we have been saved, that it did not depend on us, it is your gift. But you have raised us up for such a time as this, to do the works that you prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Father, help us to walk worthy of that calling with which we've been called. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we give thanks to you for all that we have. We do so in Jesus' name. Amen.